Hey, I'm Serge. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Future Break. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Future Break podcast, part of the Podglomerate Network, where we talk about emerging technology, human behavior, and what it all means for the future. And today we're talking about the Equifax hack, or what really happened to all my data. Yes. The news, the news just keeps happening. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's tough. It just keeps. Uh, that's it's like the no, actually, it's not really the gift. Equifax is not the gift. It keeps on. <laughs> no, it's gifts. not a gift, um, Peter. Well, hey, if before, you're a journalist, yeah, maybe, but yeah. Before we jump in there, have you uh, seen any good tech company announcements lately? Um. <laughs> No, actually. <laughs> no, okay, all right. No, uh yeah, Apple. Yeah. Apple's announcements. Big announcements. Uh, what do you think, dude? Well, I I'll come I'll come clean. Typically when it comes to Apple announcements, I'm usually one of the guys that probably watches it live no matter what. Yeah. Like makes an event out of it. And I'll actually take like time off right. if I need to, oh, <laughs> to wow. watch it all. I don't know if I'm quite Man, that seems. A, <laughs> that's, I did is not that know a problem. That okay, that, no, I don't. Know if that's a problem. You're just a tr- <laughs> you're a true fanboy, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, this was something that I was, you know, in hindsight, I was like, man, I'm bummed that I missed it. But in hindsight, I actually didn't. I didn't feel that way after I kind of saw everything that came out. Really? Not because I thought like anything was wrong that came out. I just. I think you and I would probably admit that it just seemed like the things that were leaked, we already knew. That, I mean, it wasn't a surprise then. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where my you know my reactions like, I wish I didn't read the news the weekend before the announcement because somebody and I heard that this was a disgruntled employee actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they leaked the uh, iOS 11 General Master, which is the basically the version that's going to go out live to everyone, right? That has all the cool features enabled. Yep. And we actually heard a ton, a ton of stuff um, that whole weekend from from the Apple community about everything that's going to be announced. So Because they could go through the code, right? Yeah, they went through the code. They found, they figured out the whole Face ID, you know, the, the name of the phone. They like, like everything was disclosed. I think that kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah. But... I'll be honest. I mean, the <clears throat> pretty excited about the future of some of these, the, the the tech that they announced. What do you think about Face ID? You know, Face ID that that is that is some amazing things. So Face ID, in case you missed it, is available on the iPhone X or ten, right? Yeah. And uh, what it will allow you to do is basically you look at your phone and instead of being a fingerprint unlock it's your face unlock just look at it number 1 but i will say the face recognition technology in the sense of being able to tell when you're smiling and open your mouth wide open yeah and making your emojis inside messages very interactive that was kind of cool that was that was cool it's and cool touch. it's one of those things where you're like is that really necessary in today's world but at the same time you're beginning to realize wow <laughs> petered are a lot of things necessary? Well, in I don't know. World? I don't know. I mean, did we? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, did we? Did we need to have a 
a poop emoji that kind of reflected yeah. everything that we did, right. like smiling and sad face. And I mean, I don't know. But, but I feel like what that technology means is something that's that's really cool. Yeah. No, I, I read a little bit up on, on Face ID. Um, so the, the premise of that is it replaces Touch ID. So I've been using Touch ID where you just basically put your fingerprint or your thumb um, on your home home button on your phone. Yeah. And it opens it up, and you could do Apple Pay. You can do a bunch of cool stuff with it. So um, that works really well. The Face ID, they said that it's uh, you have one. So with Touch ID, you have one in fifty thousand chance of somebody, you know, breaking in and unlocking your phone that way with Touch ID. Which is we just still, I, I didn't even know that statistic existed to be honest. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. With Face ID, it's one in a million. Yeah, it's. Like that's that's a massive security upgrade. It's, <laughs> but on the hindsight, it's like, well, now my phone knows exactly what I look like, like in three D. Well, see the whole. I don't even really want to go there, but I feel like it's just something that's also a slight elephant in the room. Do you remember when the 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 thumb print? It was an issue, and they're like, yeah. Oh, so if somebody had your thumb; they could do something with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you literally have to have somebody's face in order to... Well, not even that. Like, they... Uh, Apple, they went to Hollywood, and they they used the best, like, mask designers. Okay. And they basically, like, it was virtually impossible for them to recreate someone's face enough uh, so that yes. it could be unlocked. Right. So, apparently, Face ID is a whole ton more secure, more... Um, you know, save I guess. Wow, and it uses a I lot mean, of. I cool mean, it makes me feel better. Yeah, so. Look, it looks, so it uses like infrared. So even in the dark, uh, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. Doesn't matter if you're wearing glasses. It will actually through the in the dark, it'll actually detect your face, and unlock the phone. They got like like I think <laughs> five sensors or something like not five. <laughs> okay, they've got like three three specific sensors for sure. Hey. We know who you are. <laughs> well, being be Apple, full X. disclosure, they are they are saying that this data stays on your phone. Right. It's on the we secure don't have enclave your data or anything like that. Yep. Which, <sighs> let's just even say that wasn't true. I just appreciate a company at least stating that they want it. Yeah. That way. Yeah. I I know. I actually I don't know it's true, but I'm based on little knowledge i understand about some of the code and everything like that that i've seen on that it's that's very true that it's your data does stay on the phone yeah they have something called the secure enclave which is basically a section of the the phone memory or somewhere i I don't know the technical details of it but it's it's a place that lives on your phone and only on your phone that's why when you replace uh like a screen right for your iphone okay you can't replace the home button either because that the touch id in the home button is tied specifically to your phone. To the security enclave. Yeah. So, so like if you okay. were to replace that, you would have to actually keep the old home button, you know, on your iPhone 6 or 7. So now, hey, you don't, there's no, there's no touch ID anymore. So <laughs> now there's no touch ID. Just can you, can you replace the yeah. camera's not tied to you then? Right? Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Yeah. And then the iPhone 10, which was the, you know, the, 
I was telling you earlier, I was like, okay, we kind of build up to this moment. Like, usually it's, you know, they spend a good 30 minutes talking about the new iPhone. Right. Yeah. And they started talking about the iPhone 8, which is a beautiful device, and I'm probably going to get one. Right. But it was like 10 minutes, and then it's like, oh, we have one more thing, and here's the thing that you guys are really waiting for. So, um, I think it's good. I, uh, the iPhone 10 will be a huge... Once it gets into people's hands, it'll be a huge uh, indicator of where Apple's going to go, I think. We, we created a phone that was so special <laughs> that it even replaced the other one on stage. Yeah, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what happened, yeah. Oh, so um, I can't do Johnny Ive. He's an amazing Johnny man. Ive, yeah. The Johnny aluminium Ive. in this phone is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. I got a little bit of that practice there. That. Um, so, anyways, it was it was a good event. Yeah, it was a good event. We just knew everything that was coming out, thanks to leaks. And quite frankly, I would even say if we're iOS, we were Serge and I know we're iOS eleven beta users before iOS eleven ever right. came out. Since pretty much the first day was ever released, right? So we've iOS eleven is not new to us or anything like that, and just. When I think about the fact that when you release that information, yeah, you're going to put some things in the code. Maybe even that's not even part of the general release that might actually hint to what is actually coming up. Ahead. Yeah. So, anyways. One, one final note on the, on that announcement. Yeah. The, the thing that I'm actually kind of really excited about is the Apple TV. So like, is it 4K? It's 4K. So, this is like the Apple TV that we've all wanted. 4K, yeah. high resolution. It's got all the you know cool features, apps, and all that yeah. stuff. Well, for being a tech guy, I have to admit, I still only have a 720p. Do you? But, dude, it's, it's, listen, it is a, it's the plasma TVs. I back know, in Peter, the day, but come and on, that man. that thing is just. Got to get you to the, to the new. I know. To the new stuff. Well, well yeah. 4K TVs are like 300 bucks. <laughs> you can get a 60-inch <laughs> TV for like, seriously, like $500. It's really So, cheap. it's so cheap. Which is good. I mean, that's there you go. <laughs> I bought my 1080p. I remember for like a thousand bucks back in the day. Yeah. Well, minus so. five hundred back in the day. So yeah, I remember that. All right. Well, yeah, we talked a lot about Apple there. But. Yeah. Well, let's kind of uh, go back to uh, the future news break, and we're gonna actually talk a little bit about some of the the new happenings in the in the news here. All right. Yeah, so this is kind of a cool uh, news announcement. It's Tesla. We get we know that there was a hurricane in Florida recently, and uh, Tesla, they did their their clients a favor. <laughs> they upgraded the lowest tiered um, Model S owners' uh, c- battery capacity. So I think they get like a sixty watt capacity. Um, they extended the range to the full range of the battery remotely. Which is remotely amazing. okay. Remote, which remotely. is like, hey, we just software upgraded your car. Boom. Because their headquarters is on the west coast. They're in LA, yeah, they're right? in the west coast. Yeah. So hey, yeah, we'll just we'll just help everybody out in Florida with the push of a button. Yeah, really, really, really nice gesture. All right. Next up, John Deere bought an AI company to optimize spraying. Now, you might not think about it, but we did an episode on John Deere and. Some of its, I 
against proprietary rights issues with farmers. Uh, that's in, we have an episode in the pa- in uh, our archive on that. You can go find that. Uh, we'll link it up in the show notes. But the thing that's coming out with this AI is just realizing that John Deere was one of the pioneers of satellite driving kind of basically oh yeah right yeah so farmers wouldn't even touch the steering wheel it would just follow everything um, corn rows perfect from satellites right basically. or within a foot or six inches and now they're buying an ai company and it's kind of just like oh boy so they're is, becoming a tech company they're now. becoming a tech company like in this in the like silicon valley sense of tech right because they're already a tech company but more of a software now more of us yeah cool and to a certain extent, some of the even groups that we know, the brands that we use, even probably think of cars and things like that. I mean, they are buying, you know, licenses rights from John Deere. So it's just going to be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with John Deere down the road here. And this is just another massive seemingly purchase in the software direction for the company. Yeah. Well, up next, we have CC or C Cleaner, um, which I've used before in, in my Windows days. Uh, <laughs> They actually distributed malware for almost a month in their software. This is kind of what we're talking about today. This is, again... Oh, security. Uh, they never learn. So they've been distributing it um, using uh, their download. And so there was a malware installed called Floxit, which is a, it's a downloader that gathers information about your system, basically, and sends it over to their servers. So... Um, and it could do a bunch of other things. And again, like this is the beginning of this. And so we're finding out more and more data about C cleaner. So we'll probably hear more about that. And also Google buys HTC's pixel team for $1.1 billion. That's news. It is. It's pretty clear that Google is wanting to get more and more in the, in the phone business themselves personally. Yeah. Not just create the operating system, but I'll be curious to see what that what that ends up being. Yeah, because remember they they actually bought Motorola for like twelve billion dollars a few years ago, and they sold it for two, and now they're buying another one for one. So <laughs> that's good. You, you know what? It's a good entry. These it, phone companies just keep getting lower and lower and lower. Absolutely. Just... All right. Yeah, so that's the future news uh, flash for you guys. And um, today we are going to talk in and uh, get started here with Equifax. Yeah. So Equifax is a company. Uh, there's about there's three main ones I think in 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 the U.S., which is a credit bureau company essentially. That's correct. So think of it as a massive place where all of your financial records are stored. Um, and they, so every time you apply for a credit card, every, um, collections thing you're on, your, your student loans, your mortgage, everything is stored with them. Right. Including your social and all that, you know, like very sensitive data about you. So that's all stored within one, one company, but there's, there's three major players that basically do the same thing. So let's just start off there. Well, I mean... Just by nature of what it is, um, it's a record of your behavior and probably one of the more detailed records that's 
or at least on the uh, public's viewing. Um, I'm sure there's some other bigger systems on us elsewhere, maybe in the government or something yeah. like that. But this is tied directly to your social security number. Right. Right. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of things in life that are, but this is one of those things for absolutely that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. And so we find out about this, this hack. Well, let me kind of back up. Yeah. We have, there's a timeline of events here, which I think is very, very telling. Um, and again, we're we're talking about this because honestly, the news just just lands episodes to us. I think a lot of times, doesn't it? Yeah, stuff happens. We're like, okay, this. And, and quite talk frankly, even if this is starting to die down in the news, this is actually one of the more ultimate reasons why we feel like we need to talk about this. Yeah, because it's not something that we should be acting like it's just going to die down on. Right. So. So looks like mid May through July. Mid May. Yeah, mid-May of 2017, um, this is the time frame that Equifax says hackers gained unauthorized access to its data. So that's what Equifax says. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if there's anything before that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, doubt that. I like Equifax discovered it maybe at that right, point, but yeah. maybe it was happening up to that point. Up to that point. So who knows? Um. Apparently, on Thursday, July 29th, Equifax discovers the hack and immediately stopped the intrusion. So, we don't know much specific details on that, but they were able to, quote-unquote, stop the intrusion. And uh, <laughs> okay, there's a lot now of air quotes no, going on here. Let's bring this detail in right here. Let's bring this detail in here. There's 143. 100, I shouldn't even be laughing at this, but there's 143 million people that are affected by this. We just said we stopped the intrusion. I mean, oh, man. So it was going how, on for how many, months. How many, how many more people were there? I mean, it's almost like you see in the movies, like, oh, it's at 90%. Is it 80? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like the flash. Like, pull like, out the flash drive. Pull out the flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, it wasn't quite at 100, but man alive, oh. we were, we were, we were, we were getting pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you even find that kind of stuff? Like, do do they, you know, do they run security checks? I wonder how do they find all this, like that, that, some, that something's been compromised and I'm sure there's ways they, they have it, but kind of the question I have is really, huh. why do they not see it sooner? You know? <laughs> Susan or or Jerry in accounting just happened to click on the wrong email. <laughs> they got a link to a cat like dancing or something, and it was full of malware. And so now, <laughs> we're we kidding. We know what happened. We know what happened. Yeah. We just talked about it in the newsflash that cleaner program. <laughs> That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. No, um, probably not. But <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's just, <laughs> Peter, you're having way too much fun with Paul, this. I just, here's, it's such a massive thing. Like, 143 million people. Like, I know the U.S. is over 300 million people in the in population. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, we'll be curious to see how, <laughs> uh, yeah. What is the work population? So the, <laughs> the total U.S. population age 16 and over 16 is at least and over. 243 million. 
Okay, listen to this. Subtracting the nearly 156 million Americans in the labor force. So you got 90% of people in the labor force with this hack. Give you or know, take. Give or take. I mean, well, yeah. Obviously, the 143 million could be spread across different mm-hmm. different groups, but working, non-working type, type of thing. But, no, I mean... I mean and maybe this is our assumption, but... It's one of those things where you think to yourself, okay, so 143 million people, there's only so many people in the working world. There's only so many people above age 18 that are getting a credit card in the first place. Right. right. It kind of weeds itself out. Like, so. I mean, you see, like I said, I just see, I'm glad you, you find just, this funny, Peter, okay? Because like there's just, people that are I'm suffering just, right now. I just, well, I shouldn't say, okay. It is a horrible thing, and quite frankly, it is. I mean, it is just. It's a. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Hey. And maybe I. Maybe I'm just trying to do like a little bit of a humor based on trying to find some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. I'll tell here, you but, something humorous. Okay. My data got hacked too, Peter. Did it? I'll talk. I'll, we'll go, we'll come back to that because okay. I did some stuff that I maybe shouldn't have done with it. Um. Right. Okay. Let's jump back. Well, so it's, yeah, it's it's that guy at the other end saying eighty eighty five. No, I mean just I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So this is where this is where it gets juicy. This is where like the TMZ part comes in. Yep. Um, on Tuesday, August first, and Wednesday, August second, three top executives from Microfax sell nearly two million dollars worth of company stock. Three execs, they sell two million bucks. Yeah, and they said it was scheduled trading, and they didn't appear to be scheduled trading that day. Right, um, right. One of which, one of the execs was the chief, chief financial officer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're okay. Actually, it's it's a it's it's a horrible it's a horrible business if you did not let the chief financial officer know about the. Yeah, the I was just going to say, like, I worked in companies and. You know, when stuff like this happened, not not necessarily hacks, but um, I remember one time we had a DDoS attack at one of the companies I worked at. Oh, yeah. You you know about that right away. Like, that, that I mean, that's not a surprise, you no. know? You're like, oh, crap, we're under attack or whatever. So, I mean, and, and maybe they, their, their structure is so hierarchical that, you know, it was hard for the people to find out. Maybe, like, the lower... Lower management people knew about this because they were, you know, in in the weeds, so to say, and the executives really didn't know. Again, <laughs> who are we believing here? Equifax that just got hacked, right? You know, so we're we're kind of having to believe them that it was it was a scheduled thing that it was not something that was done because of the it was, insider knowledge yeah, or whatever. They there was a reason why they did it, right? Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm I'm very skeptical about that, but I just thought that was like, okay, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse. Um okay, so again, that's August 1st and 2nd. So when do you think we heard about it, Peter? Do you remember? Not until September 7th. So they stopped it uh, apparently on the 29th of July, and we find out about it on September 7th. So they officially alert the public. Um, 
Later on in that night, the company also includes a statement saying the three executives had no knowledge that an intrusion had occurred at the time they sold their shares. So maybe the day after they sold, they found out. It's it's highly unlikely. But I would just say this is one of those things where I, I do, I mean, if I'm trying to give any mercy here, when you're a company that's Equifax, yeah. And what you do is is monitors people's monitors people's data, right? Not, I mean, and not data in the phone data. Like I'm talking like legit, like your your name, your social security number, email, your your you know your past ten places you lived or something. I mean, ten years. I mean, yeah, just like yeah. They have all that data. Extremely detailed data, right? Because they need to verify it's you, right? And that gets leaked. I mean, on one hand, okay, maybe the, I don't know. We're, I, I was not them in the situation, so I got to, I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll give them that. But when do you tell people, number one? That is a good question. Mm-hmm. Number two, you probably want to tell people and have a plan in place, which is maybe what was going on there. It's just like, well, you maybe needed to speed up that plan just a little bit. Yeah. Not to mention... I do find it interesting. Uh, do we kn- because they are the ones who announced the leak, correct? Right, right. They announced. So it. there was no employees or anything like that that came forward beforehand. That's a good point. Which is pretty, honestly, amazing. No, like whistleblowers that said, "Hey, guys, this thing got hacked." This right? thing got hacked. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, that's one thing I did find kind of intriguing in this story is. Nobody came forward ahead of time, which is, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. So, so maybe a lot of people maybe didn't know. I, I mean, that's one thing I have to admit. Is, but I don't, I don't think the top C-level executives did not know. Yeah. I think they did know, probably. And part of me thinks, okay, company this size, dealing with this kind of information, they must have some kind of a, you know, plan in place if and when this stuff happens. So if a breach happens, right. they probably have some kind of a, okay. I hope to God they had a plan. Well, let's talk about <laughs> the plan that they started helping. They, they did or did not have. Right? <laughs> that they did or not, did or not. So they've yeah. got to have some kind of a, you know, like I said, a plan that says, okay, we find out on day X, here's what we're going to do for the next, you know, week right. or two. Here's what we're going to do after a week. And like a, almost like a contingency, you know, kind of a, plan i guess right. the i would guess that they would have something to that effect now how how detailed and how um how fast it moves um uh, we well we know we know how fast it moved right pretty pretty slowly pretty slowly now the question i have is okay if they announced you know let's say july 29th was the they they right. stopped it like if they announced July 30th, hey, guys, our stuff was hacked. Would that change anything? It might have. How do you think? Um, I could be wrong, but I think one of the things they were maybe trying to figure out is trying to shore up potential, um, potential leaks. Like, I mean, in the sense of like, or vulnerabilities. That's what I mean. 
potential vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. If you've, I don't know, let's just, if you find out it's July 29th, do you feel like you're ready to go the next day to tell everybody and hey. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah. We got everything figured out here. We're, we're good to, okay. This is a horrible thing, but. Yeah. So let's talk about what happened afterwards though. So, cause, all right. Announcement. And to a certain extent, I think there's a lot of credit to the PR team for everything that they did with the CEO to like come out. Um, He's doing a lot of the right things. The yeah. The the thing though is <laughs> the uh, what we're doing for you right now. So you can go into this page and you can look up to see if you were affected in a way, and then you can sign up for a free year of credit reporting through Equifax. Oh, and after a year, you're going to end up paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they initially started charging for it. I think. <laughs> I did not know that. Really? Oh, wow, that's horrible. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's let's go back to that. And oh, by the way, as you're saying, yes, I will <clears throat> I will choose to get this credit re- reporting through you guys, this free or credit monitoring, I should say, not reporting, monitoring at this point in time. Um Hey, I remove my rights to sue you. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. But I'm just going to disclose that in the fine print that you don't ever really read. So, you know, stuff like that that's just really not not very nice. That is not nice. Not, I, I mean, in, in just this, I just to <laughs> say Shame it, on you. Shame on like, you. Like, that's, that's just... That's not cool. That's really not... That's not... <sighs> So I, those are, I mean, those are some takeaways that I have from that of like the post follow up that was just really not handled well. So I will say this: I, Serge and I have talked about this. As far as what we did post that, I'm not kidding. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to get identity theft protection on me like right now. Because uh, we had, did you do that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll say the group I, I'm, I'm using. I'm using Xander Identity Theft protection is that Um, a dave ramsey thing i think it is a dave ramsey thing yeah cool um better than i deserve better than i deserve uh and it monitors a lot of different things but it's one of those things where i'd probably recommend utilizing a service that is not equifax actually (laughs) just don't do it just you know okay i almost and it's kind of one of those things where you're almost like are we going to get like a Another announcement next month. It's like, you know what? We were wrong. It was actually closer to 185 million people that were affected. Yeah. And you know what? We have to be honest with you. They found another way in. You know, just or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Are you almost kind of prepared? They got that last ten percent, and they're like, "All right, let's get out of here, boys." So this is my experience. So you you went to credit reporting right away. Um, they Equifax posted a site. Um, the URL of which is securityequifax2017.com. <laughs> now, I work in the digital space, so I should know better. Right. I should know better, right? That's that's a very sketchy URL structure. Like, whoever came up with that, just no. There's a lot of issues going on with that. No. 
Way too many characters. Way too many characters. It should have been... Which allows for more opportunity to get people's yeah. information. It should have been like Equifax.com slash something, right. you know, which which that's the more trustworthy source. So get this. <laughs> <laughs> I type in my... So you go to this website and you type in your... I don't know. I think you type in your social. I forgot exactly the, the, the details that I type, but I type it in and it stores it and like oh yep you're you're part of the hack i'm like okay <laughs> great i'm sorry great rip my credit score you know come to find out <laughs> this is this is a phishing site that equifax has been pushing out there so the site to to help you <laughs> see to, to help you see if you're part of this hack is a hack itself is a hack itself Get it together, you guys. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing this much, Peter. I mean, you should be laughing this much. Well, you okay? Here's the deal. <laughs> I mean, in a situation like this, where it just seems like the things just keep getting yeah. worse or wrong or whatever, I can't. I mean, I don't. I I don't know. What I, I can't get any more angry. Well, I can't get more angry, but I. Oh man. So, what do we do? You need to, honestly, you need to get identity theft protection as soon as you began. Yeah. I've been using a couple credit monitoring services that like alert me. But it's not protection, but but it alerts me something. You need to get beyond that. And so, yeah, okay, let's, the seriousness, the serious nature of this. Like, you need to get that. And the reason why is because they've got your, they've got your past, like, living history, your email, your, your, um, your name, your social security, your dog's maiden name, the, yeah, all that information. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but they got that. They've got uh, they've got all that information, and so they don't necessarily have to open a credit card up on you. They can just start doing other things um, that, quite frankly, uh, I I don't know if I can fully comprehend what all that means. But yeah. it's 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 not just it's not just hey, credit report. Or I want to open up a credit card on you, which is horrible right. because then think of the nightmares that are going to happen. From okay, this is the serious nature. The thing of the the repercussions of this, because you and I have kind of been understanding more and more that like this black market of information. Oh yeah, is is it? It's becoming the new illegal drug ring. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's there's a lot of money in it. It's, I would even say it's it's more. It's more intensive and quicker to make money in the black market than it is right. with illegal drug trade. Yeah. And so... And safer, too. Yeah. Because well, you're behind a computer, not, computer. you know, gunfights no. and all that stuff. But. Yeah. Um, just dumping data and stuff yeah. like that. I... Yes. It, I don't. I guess maybe one of the reasons why maybe I have a different attitude going into this is before this Equifax thing ever happened, just you and I, based on the conversations we've had about security, and quite frankly, from my own personal experiences of when Alice and I got married and we got our first apartment, and I and they pull our credit report on you, right? Yeah. So that's one other thing that people have to realize if you're going to be renting and they're going to be doing that type of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they might find some stuff. And they actually back way back in 2010, I think it was. Yeah, we got married. Yeah, in 2010. The, they found like, they were like, oh, 
Something did show up on Allison's report, huh. but we realized uh, it was nothing because she would have been like 11 oh, at really? the time or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. So, I mean, it's stuff like this has been going on through. Yeah. And, and so, in my opinion, it's more so like this is already, your data is already out there. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's already oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. It's just now there's maybe a little more pieces to the puzzle for people to utilize if they so desire. So, and that... Okay, as you're talking about this, like thinking, well, this is a key component of social engineering um, where like a hacker will, let's say, call you and try to get, you know, data from you, like your mother's maiden name and like some personal identifying data from you. Well, now they actually have this because it's a lot of it is in Equifax. Right. Well, Your, your previous address history, you know, being being some of that stuff. Um. Yeah, like that. How does that? How does that play now? Well, I mean, I was even telling you, Allison, my wife, got a letter from a some car company that specifically noted Equifax in the letter. Really? Like just shortly after the announcement of the of the hack happened, that it's just you know. I already and where I was, I told her. I said we can't really verify this letter at all, or anything like that. Just, yeah, we have to assume it's it's a uh, phishing, basically. <laughs> so yeah. okay, so we're gonna you know you we're recommending you get credit protection, credit monitoring at the least, credit protection for sure. Right. right? You can do other things where you can put a freeze. On yeah, your, a credit freeze. A credit freeze, which costs money. Which I know it just just seems like another. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're going to take my money. Take my money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think that's important for people like looking to buy a house or looking to make a large, like, you know, purchase with credit for sure to make sure that you lock it down. Because. Yeah. You'll just, you'll just have to unlock it though. If you want to get it approved for a mortgage That's true. That's very true. So, um, which also I think costs money to do that. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're gonna spend forty dollars, or I think for the whole family, because I did the whole family uh, with Xander, I want to say it was roughly around one hundred and thirty dollars or one hundred and twenty dollars for the year, or something like oh, that. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. The amount of reduction in I would just say time and ener- time and energy that it will take to try to clean up stuff yeah having somebody on your side to help you with that it's yeah. just that's that's where the benefit of that stuff it really comes into play i agree with that because you yeah. can fight it you can report things but that's gonna take so much of your uh time away and that's and that's why this is I, you almost kind of have to laugh about it now because you know for the next down the road, who Couple knows years. what this means? Yeah, um, because so many people. And if you think that you, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, back in the day, oh yeah, you know, I guess twelve many twelve million people's information got hacked on a credit card. Oh, I guess Best Buy had a big leak. Well, this is 143 million people. The likelihood of it being you being one of those people yeah. is, I think we thought it was definitely more than one out of two. Oh yeah. It, so, yeah. yeah, there's a... It's like two out of three people. Two out of three. If not more. It's probably like three out of four, actually, that are more that are affected by this in the just, U.S. Yeah, just based on numbers that we could kind of figure out on our own, it just kind of seems yeah. like it's 
So I did some more research into, okay, here's kind of, you know, Peter talked about what you should do. What actually happens to this data? Where does it go? How do these hacks, um, how do they play out? Because this is obviously not the first hack. No. Do you remember Target a few years ago? Yeah, Target, that was Yahoo. A massive hack. Yahoo, another massive hack. Oh, wow, that one lasted way too long. Um, why are they hacking it? What's the data? What are they looking for? So um, there's a great, um, I never thought I would say this, but there's a great <laughs> research article, research document from the RAND Corporation that they did in 2014, right after the Target hack, um, that I think is just super timely. Like, there's so much good stuff in there, and we'll we'll, we'll post up a link to it on our site. Um, I scroll down to the pricing section of this article, which talks about kind of some of the stuff that we're that we're dealing with now. So, <laughs> stuff gets stolen. Right. Where does it go? Usually to the black market. And so the first paragraph in that sentence says, the black market can be more profitable than the legal drug trade. <laughs> Links to end users are more direct, and because worldwide distribution is accomplished electronically, the requirements are negligible. Basically saying, this is a piece of cake to sell your data. Right. And this is the interesting thing that, that I found. So we were always concerned about credit cards, right? Credit card got hacked. Well, the thing that I think they, the thing that came out of this uh, research paper was, for example, a Twitter account costs more to purchase on the black market than a stolen credit card because of the former's credentials potentially have a greater yield. Interesting. Yeah. So immediately after a large breach, freshly acquired credit cards command a higher price. That's yeah. true because they're active and people are still trying to react to it, you yep. know? Maybe they don't know again. Right. Uh, but after time, prices fall because the market becomes flooded. So the target case. So <laughs> hackers have this. And this is this is just amazing that you get a bunch of people together and it, it, they organize a market. There's a market for it. There's a marketplace. So imagine going to like like an Etsy type of a site and you're looking through, you know, malware to buy. You're looking through uh, a bunch of different illegal things to buy. And you click, check out. Including people's information. Including people's information. So we don't know for sure uh, if this data has appeared in the black market. Wow. Um, not to not to like frighten anyone, but your your data is already probably there some part of it at least like if you had a yahoo account you know right that kind of stuff so they the interesting thing again going back to that is they are looking for logins because if we can get your twitter login for example we can probably get your facebook login and if we can get that, we can probably get the login to pretty much everything else that you have, yeah, including bank accounts. Because a lot of people will use the same password and username for everything. Yep. That's a big security no-no. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's about convenience for people. It is. Yep. And it's always been that. It's, it's yeah. always security versus convenience. And so I, Actually, that's a really good point. Um you will probably 
post this, I would just say it's a good idea to start doing some two-factor authentication on yes. some of your main, basically, life accounts. Um, yeah, like your pay- bank account. Bank account, um, your your primary email account. Yep. Um, and also probably even some of your just kind of normal file storage if you use something like Dropbox yeah. or like Google Drive yeah. or something like that. You'll... I started doing that. It's is it ever kind of a pain? A little bit, but um, that way, if they had my login information and it's coming from a computer they do not recognize, yeah, they have to they have to type in a code that gets sent to my phone. Right. That's the that's the beauty of two two factor authentication is even if that that login data was ever stolen for your like Dropbox account, let's say, right, which actually Dropbox did have a breach a while ago. Do you remember that? Uh, Anyways, I digress. Okay, um, but if it's ever stolen, what two two factor authentication does is, even if somebody buys that data from the black market and they try to log into your Dropbox, you because your phone is authenticated to it will actually get a text message every time, and so you'll know, hey, I'm not on Dropbox, but I'm getting a request to to approve a login. Yeah, something's going on there. Right. You know. Well, just having that in place, it's kind of funny. Sometimes you're like, why did I just get a message for a code on my phone? And then I realize, oh, my wife was trying to get into it or something like that. Okay, that's good to know. But it, it's that one extra level of like, okay, if somebody's trying to get into my account, is this somebody I know in my family or is this is this, or is my information compromised? That's actually maybe even somewhat of a sign that somebody might have some information on you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, kind of a, another thing to, to worry about. <laughs> another thing to to keep your keep yourself vigilant about. But um, it's, it's this is the world we live in, dude. It's just uh, you'll you'll go crazy if you get upset. The you whole will. Time. D- don't get upset. Like we've kind of we're. we're we're kind of laughing it off in in a way because well everyone's involved yeah basically welcome to the welcome to the ship yeah. everyone's on the same one yeah but um having having said that it's 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 really good to to you know kind of like some of the stuff that we suggest you know beef up your security a little bit um it's just always good to do that because we want to make sure that you um that you are actually protecting yourself, especially when this stuff really starts coming down the pipe, because we don't know. Unfortunately, we don't know the the extent of it. And I haven't really seen anything specifically with this hack, like what data was stolen. I haven't seen a ton of stuff. We'll probably hear more about it. October 3rd, Right. the CEO is actually testifying in, in front of Congress. He's going to get grilled, dude. He's going to get totally grilled. Rightly so. I wonder if he's going to enact some, is it Fifth Amendment stuff? To Fifth Amendment, yeah. To not answer stuff, but we'll see. Well, they, they, he, he, I think he has to, he has to test, like he's testifying. Okay. He's under oath. Yep. So hang tight. We're going to find out October 3rd um, what what came, what comes out of this. Uh, again, very telling. I think we'll, we'll know more details about um what's been stolen and what what else we can do to protect ourselves so 
Any final thoughts, Peter? It's just, uh, it's just a big elephant in the room that <clears throat> even if the news media is not talking about it, it's still in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think and it will, and it will kind of be there for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> well, yeah. Thanks everyone for, for checking us out here today. Um, kind of cool thing we were doing is we're actually live streaming on Facebook too. So if you happen to catch us on Facebook, that's, that's great. Um, we might, we might do that more often here. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but you can check us out on futurebreak.net. That's our site. Um, we're also on Twitter at futurebreakpod. Uh, we're on Facebook at Future Break. Where else can you find us about it? Yes, you can, also, you can go to Apple Podcasts and find us there mm-hmm. um, on the Apple Podcast app. But hey, we're on Google. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. I feel like Acast. Acast. We're on Acast. Acast. Is a new one. Yeah. Acast is a new one. Um, anyways, we're just really grateful for everyone who subscribes to the show and listens to the show. Yeah. Even if you just listen to it for the first time, thanks for thanks for sticking with us. Um, yeah, this is one of these little moments where we're coming up on twenty five episodes. That's yeah, the next this is episode. exciting, man. It's exciting. And uh, you know, kind of final thing to note is uh, we are part of the Podglomerate Network. Peter brought that up earlier. Yes. Great network, full of some amazing podcasts. One of my favorite new shows, honestly, is The Feast. Like I love history and yeah, I love food and I love history. <laughs> the combination of both is just delectable. So um, check out the podglomerate.com to find your next favorite episode. Indeed. All right, everybody. Cheers. And thanks for listening to this episode. Have a magical day.